Ma Coco? Aye. For Maui, it's a new beginning. With honor and deep respect, we're moving forward. We're ready to get people back to work. We all have to do our part, and we'll make this happen. Working together. We're ready. Ready to work. All ready. 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 We are ready. For more information, visit makokomoe.com. Aloha, I'm Lynn Kawano. A military man who spent a decade fighting for our freedom spent nearly twice that long fighting for his own. Ronis Doral served eight years in prison, eight more on parole after being convicted of child sex crimes. In 2019, the conviction was overturned, all charges dismissed, not because of a technicality, because he didn't do it. I want to know, like, what made you say guilty with what was presented there? There was absolutely nothing there. This inconsistent word versus my word, and I get convicted. While his court record has been cleared, he is still working to clear the mess left behind. Ronis describes the long journey to be made whole again in episode 10 of The Other Side of Paradise. I had my record expunged, so it was as if I never was convicted of a crime in the first place. So that comes with a lot of benefits because you were still a registered sex offender when we last spoke about the case. Yes. And what has happened with that? Well, I'm off the registry, and like I said, my record is clean. It's like I had no conviction or even no arrest. So the expungement said if I'm asked, was I ever convicted, you know, I get to say no of that crime. How how hard was it to get the registry changed? Once the, um, convi- the conviction was overturned and the charges was dismissed with prejudice, it was fairly easy. We filled out the paperwork and I just had to wait. I think it took maybe two to three weeks and it was done. Ronis Doral is 46 years old. He's a supervisor at a private shipyard company in Honolulu. When he was 18, he joined the Navy. Ronis was assigned to the USS Port Royal. He was serving in the Persian Gulf when accusations of child sex assault were made. After his ship pulled into Pearl Harbor in 2002, he was taken by Honolulu police detectives. His accuser, the daughter of an ex-girlfriend. That woman told me two years ago it took her a long time to realize that her daughter lied and blamed Ronis to distract from a sexual relationship she was having with another man, a much older man. She was 14 years old at the time, and that man, who worked at her school cafeteria, was 26 years old. In his own words, audio recordings have that man admitting to the crime to a Honolulu police detective. Today's date is 5-22-09. That's all right. The time now is approximately 
1635 hours. This interview is taking place in CID interview room number H. How old were you when you started dating? Well, the first time we ever kissed was mm -hmm. uh, December 31st, 2000. I did have sex with her, mm -hmm. and I'm not proud of it. They told me, oh, um, don't worry, she can't, you know, they're not going to prosecute you because the statutes of limitation is over, which, that wasn't my focus. He and the girl married one month after Ronis Dural was convicted of sexually assaulting the girl in 2003. And yes, I admit I was wrong for what I did. I said, but I did make things right with, with myself, with the mm -hmm. family, and with my God. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I said, and she says, you know, because by making things right, you can have a clear conscience. I said, I have a clear, clear conscience. Because mm -hmm. what I did, I, I, I got disciplined from, from, from my church. I was okay. disfellowshipped for almost a year. And from what date to what date? Do you remember from what From August. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the exact date, but it was August of 2002. Okay. July of 2008. So July of 2008. Oh, one year. That's all right. Sorry. He's nervous. <laughs> July of 2003. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And you, um, and that was for um, what? It was for me having sexual relations with <laughs> not because she was underage, but because we were married. I mean, okay. we weren't married. Okay. Yes. Okay. And that's part of the the church. Yes. Yeah. Okay. The recording was used as evidence in Ronis's appeal for a new trial, and it wasn't just that man who she later divorced after she became an adult, she revealed in a recorded interview with an investigator that she had also been sexually assaulted by her stepfather from the time she was 10 years old. One time when I was taking a shower, he, okay. yeah, and, and when was, was that before? This is before. So you were 11 or 12 years old? I was about 10. 10. And what did he show you? Um, well, he wanted me to touch him when I was in the shower, and I told him no, and then uh, he said he wanted to show me something, and then he started himself off and then showed me like that. In 2013, the stepfather wrote a letter, another piece of evidence that became a key part of getting Ronis's conviction overturned. That notarized letter said, I feel that a misuse of my testimony led to the wrongful incarceration of Mr. Dural. And, the stepfather wrote, he hopes to afford Ronis Dural a chance to clear his name. He said he was afraid of prosecution for what he did to the girl, calling it an inappropriate sexual relationship. He wrote, he wanted to stay clear of incriminating myself. 
All this came out after Ronis was convicted and sent to prisons from Halava to Arizona and Mississippi. Eight years total, eight more on parole. No evidence, just the word of one person against another. If you don't have DNA, then it's a he said, she said, and who do you believe? And it's hard because you don't want to not believe someone if they tell you something like that. But we cannot have an indefensible crime, right? It, it has to be ways to challenge the veracity of a witness. Uh, now I don't think it's even really challenged because to challenge it, it seems taboo now. But people with husbands, brothers, uh, uncles, people they love, imagine if it's so easy for someone just to make a statement, not, no matter how inconsistent it is, and they go to prison. I mean, I don't think no one wants that to be the new standard. You know, so we have to find a way. So how can we say, okay, we're not discrediting what you're telling us, but we have to give it a way to balance it out versus a person like in my case, there's no way to prove a negative. You can't prove that you didn't do something. You could just say you didn't do it. Unless there's cameras or eyewitnesses, I couldn't prove that I didn't do it. So now you got me versus her. During his trial, his attorney, Walter Rodby, tried to talk about the girl's relationship with the 26-year-old man, how she was caught having sex with him on the living room floor. But laws shield victims of sex assault, so that wasn't allowed. Rodby wrote to the Hawaii Innocence Project to help Ronis. I would love to speak with Walter Rodby, because even when I was convicted, I saw that he cared. And what he did the moment I was convicted showed me a lot. He came back and asked for my mom's number, and he was going to call her personally and tell her that I was convicted. Most lawyers not going to do that because they don't want to hear what's coming from the other side of that phone. And Walter stood up and said, I'm going to call your mom. And I saw it in his face. He was devastated when I got convicted. And he even wrote me a letter um, asking anybody to help me. He said if anyone could help him, he's innocent. And this is before the Innocence Project. This is before anything else when I was just trying to find some kind of help. I know that Rodby said he was stonewalled at every corner to try to present an alternative. Do you think maybe the jury had a hard time saying it wasn't you if they didn't know who else it could have been? I think that's the main reason. You know, as... Parents, I'm a parent, and no one would think that their child would, you know, lie about something this big. And we want to believe that the child, if you know, it's hard to say you don't believe them. So the jury was stuck with, she said this, he said that, why would she lie? You know, that's the same thing the prosecutor asked the jury, why would she lie? And because I couldn't, you know, say, oh, she would lie because of this reason, the jury just went with, well, she must be telling the truth. So since I couldn't show and, 
and give an alternative to why she wouldn't have been truthful, the jury came to the conclusion they did. Ronis was granted a new trial, and in 2019, the Honolulu Prosecutor's Office announced they were considering it, despite the new evidence and their witnesses recanting. But Circuit Court Judge Karen Nakasone put an end to it for good. She dismissed the case with prejudice. Ronis was overcome with emotion in court. You know, everything that happened to you, um, I, I know you were really bitter for a long time. What is that feeling now, two years later, two years after the judge dismissed it with prejudice? It's, it's always a, a work in progress. You know, every day is a different day. You know, it, it's tough. It, it never goes away. It's a part of you for the rest of your life. So, you know, there's times when I just need to be alone. There's times when I don't want to talk to anybody and I put myself in solitary confinement. You know, it's just, you know, but I know bitterness would, would kill me if I allowed it to, to take over. You know, I stay with my kids, I stay around a small group of people and my family, and that allows me to be better and not bitter. My mom taught me when you're angry, the matter you get, the more you listen, keep your mouth shut. You know, don't, don't be, you know, when you upset, just listen. You got two ears and one mouth for a reason. You know, listen twice as much as you speak. So that's me, and I don't get angry because I don't hang around people that would make me angry. You know, I, I try, I, I'm wiser now, so I could see that stuff a mile away. As soon as you see it, it's like, nope. I don't go to clubs, I don't hang out, I don't do any of that stuff. That could potentially set me off. So a lot of that is knowing, you know, what I should and shouldn't be doing. With the conviction off his record and his sex offender status dropped, Ronis is now working on what he calls the most important part of this process, getting his military discharge upgraded. When he was convicted, he received a less than honorable discharge. It's been a long process because that's so important to me because of the Navy was my life for, for 10 years and I serve with honor. And the hardest thing is just waiting, standing by until it gets upgraded. It's been two years, and I would hope that it would have been done by now, but unfortunately, it's not. So now I gotta wait up to 18 more months to see you know, when the board decides to upgrade it or not. How does that process work? You have to fill out paperwork. What's this board and, and who are they made of? So you got to, it's a Navy review board. So they have their members and you have to fill out paperwork and say, my discharge should be upgraded because, you know, uh, most people have, um, maybe they smoke weed or maybe they was um, discharged because of their sexuality before the policy change. So those people could come back and say, Hey, I got out because of that, so my discharge should be upgraded. Uh, in my case, I was discharged because of a wrongful conviction, and that was the only reason I was discharged. So now that that conviction is overturned, I just have to wait for them to review it, and hopefully it don't take 18 months, and they should upgrade it. You send the evidence that supports my position, uh, the judge's ruling, 
um, the declarations from the, you know, everybody that was in the case. And that's what I had to present. How important is getting this honorable discharge? It's very important. I mean, it's, it's at the top of my list, getting an honorable discharge. You know, every time I go to the base, every time I see other military members, I still read my military evals. And I cry sometimes thinking about, you know, everything I sacrificed, everything I gave. Ronis's company does work at the Pearl Harbor shipyard, but he wasn't allowed on base because of his status. Once the conviction was overturned, he applied for a pass and was able to see the ship he once called home. With the conviction, uh, the military, they wouldn't let me have access to the base because of the nature of the crime. Uh, now that that's lifted, um, I'm actually able to go on base and work and even around the same ship that I was on before I, I was convicted. The USS Port Royal, right? Yes, ma'am. So, so that has um, special feelings for you. You were able to actually get back on it, which you hadn't been able to get onto for how long? It was 2002. Since the day I was arrested, I hadn't stepped foot back on a vessel since then. So why did you want to get back on there? Just memories. You know, that's where I grew up at, learned to be a man. Uh, learned everything I know in life. Uh, I met some good people there. They taught me how to be a professional. And I just wanted to get back on there and walk off the right way instead of walking off getting arrested. There's a lot of emotions, you know. Just seeing the vessel first was a lot of emotions for me. Uh, I was on the vessel when I was 19 years old. I'm 46 years old now to go back and just see it. And a lot of the guys still from our original crew, they keep in touch. What about compensation? State law allows those wrongfully imprisoned to receive $50,000 for every year they spend behind bars. But the person has to be declared innocent in court. Since Ronis's case was actually thrown out, he is not eligible for that money. We talked extensively a couple years ago about how the compensation that the state allows, you didn't qualify for it because you had to be deemed innocent as opposed to never been convicted at all. Is that still kind of harping on you? Is that still in your way? I mean, to me, I just think it's a loophole that allows the state to dismiss all the charges and you can't get justice, right? Um, I think it should be changed ASAP. And even the $50,000, that's nothing compared to what someone went through on a wrongful conviction. So I think it's a, a loophole that needs to be closed. You know, $50,000 for a wrongful conviction is nothing compared to what lifelong suffering that ha that's going to happen. You know, the, the destiny of my whole family changed with the word guilty. Everything changed. So... 50000 a year, you, it's priceless. You can't even put a tag on it. You know, I got to think about everything that was taken from me. I got to think about my kids and how, you know, it's been a struggle with my ex-wife and I because the only reason we got divorced was because of the, the conviction. 
and now it's so much, you know, we can't even really be cool, right? So my daughter split one daughter with her, the other daughter with me, and it fractured the family. And uh, just to deal with that on the daily, you know, try to be respectful. But, you know, she blamed me because I divorced her because I said, I got 20 years, I can't. You know what I mean? You have to take care of the girls. So I divorced her thinking I had to sit in prison for 20 years. Ronis has remarried and now has two younger kids. He says he's enjoying the years he missed with his older ones, who were toddlers when he went into prison and teenagers when he got out. When he's not working at the shipyard, he volunteers to help others wrongfully convicted. I know there's other people suffering right now, the same way I did. And when I was inside, I would see people get exonerated and I'd be happy for them, but I'd be envious because I want my turn. So I know there's a lot of people who saw my story and who's like, man, you know, I want my turn. Like, so my drive is to do whatever I can to maybe help somebody else and reach back because I know how I felt and I wouldn't want someone to get out and just forget about the struggle for everybody else. Ronis Darol is grateful. Despite everything that's happened to him, he's grateful for all those who believed in him and helped him. But there will forever be a part of him that wonders, what could have been if he wasn't arrested? Would he have been a career Navy man? He says he sometimes goes back and reads his evaluations. The ones I saw were full of accolades. That's episode 10 of The Other Side of Paradise. Mahalo for listening. I'm Lynn Kawano.